0: Tonight we have such a treat to have my friend, um, only been my friend for about six months now. And um, so my new friend, but we have, we have friends in common that go way back. Right? Many of you know who Pastor David Landis is. He was here several months ago and ministered. He pastored Word of Grace for years and years up in Harrisburg. And so recently he brought on Pastor Jonathan and uh, his lovely wife to come on and minister, pastor that work and to go on with the work. And so, so they've transitioned to Harrisburg and are in full swing up there. And for weeks now, I mean, a couple months, every week, I'm like, all right, Lord, I think, I'm, I think I'll ask Jonathan to come. I know that he's supposed to come minister here. And every week the Lord would be like, no, not yet. Okay. All right, so then we go on, you know, with what the Lord wants to do. and Then the next week, same story. No, not yet. Okay, what's well, not my services? You realize that, right? I'm taking orders, right? I follow what the Lord's telling me. I don't... By the way, some of you have been wondering, well, why don't the pastor preach on this or that? Because I'm not the one choosing the sermons, that's why. So if, if you want something taught on, talk to the Lord about it. And he'll be the one to tell me, preach this, and it'll come out. So then last week at the end of the uh, sermon and as, as we were worshiping, um, the Lord, I didn't even bring it up, the Lord says, have Jonathan in this week. And I thought, well, that's bold and it's pretty short notice too, so hopefully it works for him, right? So I text him and he's like, yes, the Lord has given me a word. So tonight what I encourage you to do is let's look to the Lord to, to download the full amount to us. And uh, if you would come, and I'll pray over you, and you can uh, introduce yourself from whence you come and where you're going. <laughs>
1: thank you so much.
0: Father, I thank you for uh, Pastor Jonathan and for bringing him to us tonight. And I just thank you that your anointing rests on him, Lord, that you're going to minister as is pleasing to you through him, your servant. And Father, we submit ourselves to you, to your word, and we give you first place tonight. In this service, in Jesus' name, and amen.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Sidney. It's a privilege for me to be here with you guys tonight. I am well accompanied by my lovely wife, uh, Jeanette Calderon. She's—we've uh, be married this month. It's going to be 24 years now, 24 years. Amen. And she has stuck with me through 24 years. So uh, I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. I'm a pastor's son, Assemblies of God, uh, pastor, and, uh, of course, I transitioned. There's so many things the Lord has done through the years. And then uh, a couple of years back, we met Pastor Dave Landis, and the Lord spoke to him and to us, and, and now we're pastoring in Harrisburg, from all the way from the country of New Jersey, to Harrisburg amen and um, it's been a blessing Uh, we're enjoying it God is really doing some wonderful stuff over there as you can notice I do have an accent Uh, it is not fake I'm not trying to have an accent it's just I have it Um, but anyway I would like my wife to please yes I would like please for her to come forward and just greet the congregation please my love thank you so much I love you
2: bless you family it is a, a privilege and honor and a joy to be here um, as my husband has said we have been here a year and a half and we were just in Brazil um, preaching there for about a, a week and after day five we literally said we're homesick and we looked at each other and we realized Harrisburg Pennsylvania is home you know when you're in God's perfect will when you are where the Lord calls you, you're not bound by a zip code. You're not bound by a country. You are free to be in his perfect will. And so I feel the presence of God strongly here this evening. And I invite you just to open your hearts because there's something to be said about a family that comes to church on a Saturday. It means you're hungry, and there is food here today, tonight. Amen? God bless you, and thank you.
1: Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, I was, um, I was listening to a preacher, and he said that we shouldn't pray the Our Father because it's religious, you know, it's, it's repetitious. So in answer to that, let's pray Our Father and say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind. Let it be all of you through all of me. O heavenly King, the paraclete, the spirit of truth, who are present everywhere, filling all things, treasury of good things and giver of life, come and dwell in us, cleanse us of every stain, and save our souls, a good one. Are you happy tonight? You know, uh, I was asking the Lord, what should I speak about? And he told me to speak about Star Wars. Yeah, Like George Lucas' Star Wars? How many of you like the films, I man? You know, I, I watched them in Spanish in the Dominican Republic. That was weird. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the Bible actually is the original Star Wars. And if you read the book of Revelation, you will see the Star Wars. And it's funny, when you think about Star Wars, uh, the theme of the, 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 the films is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? A long time ago in a galaxy. Yet the technology is like super advanced. We're talking about, you know, light, hypersonic, or whatever, light speed travel, and, and, and all this technology, droids, and all this stuff. Um, so let's go to Revelation chapter 12, and we will find out that there are, there's true, a true Star Wars uh, involved in our salvation. This has to actually do with our salvation. And we, we're going to read, I'm, 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 you know, whenever I preach and teach, I like to show it in the book. So I w- there's going to be a lot of Bible reading. Uh, it's not going to be boring. I'm just by nature, I'm not boring. Um, how can a guy with a bright blue suit be boring, right? So uh, go to Revelation <laughs> chapter 12 and it says, uh, Now a great sun appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head, a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in in labor and in pain to give birth. And another son appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of what? Of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as he was born. She bore a male child who was, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Star Wars. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of all called the devil and Satan who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, oh gosh, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice all heavens and you who dwell in them. How many of you are seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? So the Bible is telling you to rejoice. I'm going to ask you to rejoice right now. Okay, Okay, okay. You surprised me right there. But you could do better. I'm going to ask you to rejoice again. See? Thank you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Rejoice! This is what he's talking to you, to you. Because I used to read this verse and I used to think, Lord, you know, you cast the devil to earth. Thank you, but no thank you. (laughs) Until I understood that he says, rejoice all heavens and you who dwell in them. And he reminded me that we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so we can rejoice. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Star Wars. I love it. You know, Star Wars has all to do, believe it or not, with our salvation. And I, 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 I have to many times, because, you know, as, as you preach the gospel, you have to redefine things. and, and, and Or not redefine, clarify. Because through, through culture and through the influence of the world, we many times have the wrong idea of what salvation is all about. Salvation is not, I did some bad stuff. In the world, you know, I, maybe I, I robbed, or I was a drunk, or I stole money, or I was an adulterer. I did some bad stuff in the world. So now I have to live right, so that I can actually go to heaven. That's not salvation. Salvation is not, you know, God has this justice system, that He has to satisfy in order to make me lovable. He, he wants to love me, but, he, you know, he, he has this justice system. That, that's not salvation. Salvation definitely, definitely is not, Lord Jesus Christ, come today because I have to pay the rent on Friday. That's definitely not salvation. Salvation is not escapism. Salvation is not trying, and I believe the rapture, I believe Jesus is coming, but that, that's the whole system where, you know, you want to escape everything. That's not salvation. We don't escape. We're more than conquerors. We're not looking to escape. We're looking to establish a kingdom. It's not taking me to heaven. It's your kingdom come from heaven to earth. See, salvation is about the creator of the universe who created everything. So that he could become one of us, so as to share his eternal, divine life with us forever. Salvation is to receive what, the, what Peter says in Second in Peter 1.4, exceedingly great and precious promises. That through them we may be partakers, shout with me partakers. partakers, partakers of the divine nature. That is a mouthful. Partake of the thing that makes God, God. Partake of the divine family. See, we have, we have lowered the true definition of salvation. Salvation is the promise to become sons of God, equal to the angels, to the fiery ones. To the heavenly beings that are surrounded the throne, to the beings that are running and governing the universe, the solar system. You know, the ancients, when they looked to the stars, they 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 did not they did not separate science from physical reality. They knew that there are spiritual beings that run the stars, run the sun, that govern the universe. There are hosts. Of angelic beings that are under the command of God that rule the whole universe, they rule the stars. Star Wars, Episode One.
0: <laughs>
1: See, Jesus promised something very important, and we must remember Luke chapter twenty because you know our understanding of sonship. Uh, it needs to be, and, and, and becoming a son of God by, by being saved, needs to be uh, clarified. Jesus says in Luke, and I want you to see it, Luke chapter 20, verse 35 through 36. Luke chapter 20, verse 35 through 36, it says, But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore, thank God for that, for they are equal to the angels. Shout with me: equal to the angels. And he says, and our sons of God." So this, let me just give the disclosure before we start. The son, the original, the OG sons of God are the angels. And I'm going to I'm going to prove it to, to, through scriptures to you. The OG, the original sons of God are the angels. Genesis chapter 6, sons of God perverting, leaving their space and having relationship with women. I'm going to read it later on. John chapter 1, the sons of God got together and, and had a meeting and Lucifer was there. Satan, the accuser, was there. So Jesus says that we in the resurrection will be equal to the angels. This is what Jesus says. Um, did I did, did, Is that in red, by the way? Can you see it? Let's read it, verse 36, 1, 2, and 3. Nor can they die anymore. I'd like the congregation to read it with me, 1, 2, and 3. Nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. That's what he says. You can't argue with that. Sons of God can never die again, and are equal to the angels. Salvation, then, is a promise to become that part of the heavenly host who govern the universe with God. You are not going to be bored in heaven singing Kumbaya every day. There's going to be things to do. There's going to be things to administer. There's going to be tasks. There's going to be governmental duties. See, God calls these angels, sons of God, And in Psalms 82, he calls these angels gods with a small g. Go with me to Psalms 82, verse 1. I I know it's Saturday and you didn't think that you were going to have to think that much. But your mind might go into overdrive. But I want you to really see it in the scriptures. Psalms 82, verse 1 says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the what? The gods. Now, that word gods there is with a small g. So, God, who are these gods? Uh, verse 6 says, I said you are gods, you are all sons of the Most High. So, by the, word, by the way, in Hebrew, that word they are gods is the word Elohim. Shout with me Elohim. Elohim many times refer to the holy holy Trinity, but other times refers to the divine council of God and the angels. Are you listening to me? So of course we—he's uh, not calling them the Trinity. You are not the Trinity, but you are in the council of Elohim. So you are gods with a small G. He is God all eternal. You, are, you, you, you have been called part of the divine family. By the way, the Jewish people, because right now, you know, as, as believers, we, we take it very lightly. We take that term son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. And he calls me friend. And we, we, we sing about being a son of God and, and, and we, we, we proclaim that we are sons of God. But to a Hebrew mind, that was actually blasphemy. They did not call themselves sons of God. They called themselves sons of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They only called angelic beings sons of God. Actually, the reason why they crucified our Lord was for the blasphemy, which of something that we take for granted today, of him calling himself a son of God. Go with me, if you don't believe it, go with me to John chapter uh, 19, verse 7. John 19, verse 7. That's what he says. The Jewish leaders insisted... John nineteen seven, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be what? So blasphemy. We have a law. And according to our law, he must die because he claimed to be a son of God. What we all take for granted today. Then also if you see in John chapter 10, verse 33, John 10, verse 33 says, The Jews answer him, saying, For a good work, John ten thirty three, four to thirty-seven, for a good work we do not stone you, but for what? Blasphemy. They wanted to stone him there. And by the way, stone you doesn't mean getting high, okay? Stone you, there means picking up stones and literally killing him with stones. And that, so, so John 10.33, they said the Jews answer, for a good work who do not stone you, but for blasphemy. What was the blasphemy? Because you being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus explains. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am a son of God. So the accusation, you are blaspheming because you are saying you are a son of God. And today we, why? What's the big deal? You know, I'm a son of God. That's not, you know, I shouldn't be killed for saying that. For a Jewish person in those times, yes. Because sons of God were part of Elohim. They were divine beings. Part of the heavenly council. They were, they were, they were special. They were holy. They were not just anything. So now... And I don't want to jump ahead. So now when Paul talks about our adoption, share with me adoption. We are, are we natural born sons, according to the Bible, or are we adopted sons? Oh, I wonder, I always wonder, why am I adopted? Number one, you know, we, uh, we look, you know, in society, you know, we don't say, but we look down on people who have been adopted. Until the Lord corrected me one day and said, you know, actually there was a the story. Is there, was, there was a kid who, who felt depressed because he found out that he had been adopted. He had other siblings and, and the mother and the father called him to a corner and said, you know, you know, you know, your, your brothers and sisters, uh, we did not choose them. They were just, we gave birth to them, but we didn't choose them. We chose you. We chose you. You're special. And the kid smiled and felt happy. So so in scripture, the Bible calls us adopted. Adopted. What? What does that mean? Adopted sons. Adopted sons. More on Star Wars episode number one. See we were created to receive the adoption of sons to be elevated into a position in the divine council to be sons of God sharing his life of course everything comes from him are you are you listening to me because even the, the, I'll, I'll later on get how, how some, of these, some of these sons of God, some of these heavenly beings were assigned countries. They were assigned countries. They were, they were, they were These angels, they were made principalities and powers over different countries, and they rebelled. How did they rebel? They asked the people to worship them instead of worshiping God. And these are the gods of the nations, the demons that the nations worshipped. Are you listening to me this, this evening? So now, <clears throat> when it comes to our salvation, salvation is more than, than you escaping. Salvation is more than you not going to help. That's a great thing, by the way. Are you happy that you're not going to hell? Oof, thank you, Jesus. Salvation is more than having your sins forgiven, and that is a great thing. Thank God for the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of our sins. But it's more than that. And when you understand that that, that is more than that, you understand the hatred that Satan has for you. The hatred that the demons have for you. And the reason why Satan wants you entertained with just making money. And the reason why Satan wants you entertained just with satisfying the the desires of your flesh. And the reason Satan wants you to be entertained just on the affairs of this world. Because he wants you to look down instead of looking up. He wants you to—he wants to to maintain you bound to the first Adam, the the earthly Adam, the one from the earth. He doesn't want you bound and looking at the stars. He doesn't want you to look at the stars, because look look up to heaven. Look up to heaven. That's your future. The stars. These are lights, but you know, if we were outside, you would see the stars. Actually, that's that's what the Lord did. When the Lord called Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, the Bible says in verse 5, Genesis 15:5, then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count what? The stars. If you are able to number them, and he said, so shall your descendants be Abraham, your descendants are going to be like the stars. Your descendants, and, and by, by, the, by, by calling his descendants like the star, he's not mean, meaning that they're going to be like uh, uh, gases burning in heaven, all right? He's talking, they, they, these are ancient people. They understood that there were heavenly beings behind the stars. There were heavenly beings managing the universe. So he said, Abraham, your descendants are going to be sons of God, what Jesus says that we read, equal to the angels. Those who receive the adoption of sons. So now in Revelations, we see this war. The great dragon. Revelation 12, verse 3 and 4. The great dragon, his tail in verse 4 says, Drew a what? A third of the stars of heaven. So now, we have all these beautiful stars, and a third of them fell from heaven. How many of you have heard that in history, that the stars fell from heaven? Physically, you haven't seen a star fall from heaven. You know, Jesus prophesies uh, about this, and he says in Matthew 24, the stars will fall from heaven. Uh, By the way, one star is one star, I'm talking about the physical stars, is one star bigger than the earth? By a lot. (laughs) So, he's not talking about physical stars. Falling from heaven. Are you with me? It's talking about angelic beings. That scripture calls stars. Sons of God. Who were thrown and rebelled with the serpent from heaven. Verse 7 it says, and war broke out in heaven. And I, I love how the Bible gives us, gives us the name of some, of some of the sons of God, the name of some of the angels, Michael. How many of you are named Michael? Anybody here is named Michael? That Michael, you had a great name. Praise the Lord. Amen. How about Gabriel? Anybody here named Gabriel? No. How about Raphael? I'm Raphael. How about Ariel? Amen. Do you know that, that according to Hebrew tradition, that is an angelic name? There's a name it's an angel named Ariel. It's a beautiful thing. Say praise the Lord. Why did I say that? I don't know, because I wanted to. Okay? Has nothing to do with my message. And war broke out in heaven. And then he says, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels. So we have now a little, a literal Star Wars. We have stars fighting. But Michael and his angels. And this is not like figuratively. This is not like a figure of speech. No, they're fighting. There's a literal war going in heaven. And by the way, this was after the ascension of Christ. If you want the timeline. Jesus had already ascended to heaven. So there's a literal war going on in here. And the dragon is cast out. And I love what he says here. <laughs> you got to pay attention to, to all these little things. Verse 8. But they, the evil angels, did not what? Prevail. Nor was what? A place found for them in heaven any longer. Shall with me. They have no place anymore. Oh, it's going to get gooder and gooder tonight. (laughs) So Jesus, before he leaves, he tells his disciples, I go to prepare what? Oh, my goodness. So Jesus, before he goes to heaven, he tells his disciples, listen, listen. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You better praise him right now. I go to prepare a place for you. See, you thought salvation was just, you know, escaping paying the rent. (laughs) I go to prepare... A place, I'm going to adopt you because I had some sons who rebelled. I had some sons who were kicked out and they left some empty thrones up in heaven. Oh, my Lord Jesus. They left some empty spaces. They left some empty thrones. There's vacancy in heaven. So now I go... To prepare a place for you, so that where I am, seated on a throne at the right hand of the Father, you might be also. Shout with me, Star Wars. You you think there was opposition to that place being prepared? We just read it. There was war. Jesus didn't even have to fight. He said, Michael, why don't you go take care of those demons? Take care of those principalities and powers. I go to prepare a place for you. See, salvation, and I, I love that, that, the word that Hebrew, the, the, the writer of Hebrews, I believe the apostle Paul. I love the way he says it. He says, that now that we are saved, we, can, we don't have to wait till we die in the sweet by and by to start enjoying this stuff. Are you listening to me today? See, you don't have to wait to die to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. I mean, when the apostle Paul was talking, you got you to gotta remember, Paul was thinking of all this stuff. He knew he was, he was a Jewish. He knew what a, what a son of God was. He knew, he knew where they sat. He knew where they ruled. He knew that they were the original sons. So he uses language, we have been adopted into sonship. Then he uses language, we are seated together in heavenly places with Christ. He's referring to this great future that belongs to you and I. And you thought because you're 75 years old, your life is over. Man, you're called to rule the universe. You thought because your girlfriend left you for Baba, you should commit suicide. You think too little of what Jesus has done for you. Give him some praise tonight. I said, give him some praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, so I got, I got, I have to say this, this, this part here, because of course, salvation, uh, the gospel is a proclamation of our salvation. But you know, I have to, I have to say this, because that's why the Lord sent me here. If I don't say it, then I I would be responsible for not saying why he told pastor to invite me. And it might sound a little rough what I'm going to say, but I have an an anointing to deliver rough stuff. And and have you laugh like that. (laughs) See, that's my anointing. See, Salvation is not a sales pitch. Salvation, see, in this country, we are targeted every day with hundreds of ads. And everything is promoted as a thing that will change your life. You buy this brush, woman, your hair will be straight all the days of your life. (laughs) This toothpaste is the greatest, thing, toothpaste. How many of you have seen that people who drink a lot of beer, they have, they don't have a six pack? I mean, I mean, let's be honest. If you are a drinker, you are not gonna have a six pack. Have you ever seen a beer commercial where the guy does not have a six pack? Oh, no, no, no. All those guys in the beer commercial, they're walking around. I had a six pack, by the way. I said I had a six pack. Now it's a one pack. Why are you laughing? I have pictures. <laughs> See, we are bombarded by ads selling us stuff. It is no wonder that the sales pitch gospel is easy to ignore. Salvation is not about a sales pitch. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about a phrase that... <sighs> Come to Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Jesus is the best. He will take care of you. He will keep you. He will be your personal savior. You know, like a genie that you rob. (laughs) And ah, here comes Jesus. What do you want from me? That is not the gospel. That is a lie. The Bible doesn't even talk about a personal savior. It's not your genie for you to rob him the right way and he can come out and, and satisfy your three wishes. Are you kidding me? He's Lord. What about a personal savior, nothing. It's a savior of the world, and you better make it your savior, yes. But we're not pitching the gospel. It's not a sales pitch. See the question, what must I do to be saved? It's a good question to ask. But that question is not the gospel. That question is a response to when you hear the gospel. When you hear the gospel, you will ask, what must I do to be saved? Are you listening to me? So what is the gospel? We're talking about Star Wars and this gospel, it ties together. (laughs) Of course... We know, because we know we're studious and and we like to read, and we know the gospel comes from the Greek word evangelion, which means literally good news. And we think because we can etymologically break down a word, we have the meaning of that word. Good news, so that means that the gospel must be good news. Because breakfast is what you do after you have a a fast. And a butterfly is a butter that flies. (laughs) Just because you can break down a word into pieces and dissect it does not mean you know the meaning of that word. Because a butterfly is not a butter stick with wings. And breakfast is not what you do when you break a fast. So we must analyze the meaning of a word within the context of when and where and how it was used. What was gospel in the first century under Roman oppression? gospel, evangelia, were announcements people heard in public proclaimed loudly in the streets by a professional herald and sometimes inscribed in stones so that they might be preserved. So a herald would show up, professional, dressed with a mandate from the Caesar. And he to those people who could not read, he would proclaim the evangelia. And to those people that were that could read, he would inscribe the gospel on stones. What was the herald talking about? What was you the usual context of gospel? The usual context was the announcement of a military victory. That, that was the usual context, see? It wasn't, you know, that they won the lotto. It was the announcement of a military victory. See, gospel was not a religious word, was a military one. Before the Roman emperor, the Caesar, would ride into a city, his herald would proclaim Caesar's gospel. And all those gospels that were preached were not sales pitch. They were warnings to the town that Caesar was going to go into. So the herald would come. Here comes Caesar. He is the son of God. He has brought peace to the world. Called the Pax Romana. Caesar has conquered the Greeks. He slaughtered 10,000 Hessian soldiers in Europe. Caesar conquered the Gauls. Caesar conquered France. And you better get ready because Caesar is coming into town. They would not think of Caesar as a personal Caesar, my Caesar. No, 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 no. There's an all factor involved. You better get ready. Caesar is a great guy, but Caesar is Lord. Yes, they would say that Caesar was Lord. That's why Christians were killed. Because Christians would say, no, 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 you got it wrong. Caesar is not the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father, and they would get killed. Christians would say, no, Caesar is not Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord, and they would be executed. See, the gospel. It's a rebellion against the principalities and powers of the world. It is a warning of a great king who has won the battle. Who has won the Star Wars. And you better get ready. We're not selling you anything we're warning you you bow you better bow down now because whether you bow now or later you will bow <laughs> are you listening to me you better bow down you better you better recognize him as lord he you don't make him lord have you that phrase make him your lord are you kidding me You don't make him Lord. He's Lord. You just recognize his lordship and you assume it because if you don't assume it now, it's going to cost you. How come you guys are not rejoicing anymore? i like that that's honesty that's honesty so please let's go to mark chapter one and let's go to the good news so that we put oil on that on that wound say praise the lord yes mark chapter one you know jesus is not your genie please mark chapter one verse one so 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 you know you read this and you're like oh you just passed it you just oh whatever mark one one what's what's the big deal Mark number one. Mark was, according to theologians, the first gospel written. Saint Mark, who traveled with Saint Paul, was the first one to write a gospel, one of the four gospels. Most, more, more than likely, was dictated to him by the apostle Peter. So now, Mark one one, the beginning of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Whoa! When people heard that, they were like, whoa! Because what Mark is saying is rebellion against Rome. Mark is saying, Caesar's gospel is fake news. Caesar is not the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. Caesar is not divine. Jesus is divine. Caesar is not the one who has brought peace into the world. Jesus is the one who brings peace into the world. Caesar is not the one who won the Star Wars. Jesus is the one who won the Star Wars. Jesus is the King. So the gospel is the declaration of war. You know, I I tell the church, listen, listen, listen. If you do not know that we are uh, waging war right now, you are already losing. Because you're asleep. You're asleep. There's war going on right now. You know, and, and I like to, and, 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 and again, I, I like to think in, in military terms uh, the, the, the battle that defined World War II. Normandy was the greatest invasion by, by sea and land, it was the greatest naval invasion in the history of humanity. Normandy. On the shores of France. The greatest battle. Oh, thank God the allies won that battle. Now, after the battle in, in, Norm- in Normandy, were there more battles? Yeah. But, but the war was over. It was, you, already, you already knew who won because the main battle was won. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, 12, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How many of you know that we are wrestling right now? It's a wrestling match. But we, don't, we do not have to fear because Jesus on the cross already spoiled principalities and powers. He has won the big war. He has won the big battle. And again, he left, he left all these things for us so that, for training ground. Tell your neighbor, training ground. See all these demons that are here on the earth, they're, tra- they're punching bags for you. Say praise the Lord. How many of you are ready to rumble? God is calling in these last times believers, men and women who are not afraid of taking their position in Christ. God is calling believers who are willing to stand for truth. That's us. Who recognize, hey. This salvation is bigger than I thought. It's better than I thought. I'm not just going to be playing a harp in heaven, singing kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. I mean, they're probably going to be a harp heaven, and I may play o- on occasion. I definitely will ask David, Dave, can I please borrow your guitar? But listen, what God is calling us to do and to be, is greater than we have thought or imagined. And this and Satan has only one thing that he can use against us in this Star Wars is to blind us and entertain us. Oh, that's why he created Netflix. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He wants you been watching all night. It's funny. I, I remember when you you had to wait a week to watch a show, you watch it one day this week, and then you had to wait another week. Oh no, 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 no! You can just watch the whole show in seven hours. <laughs> seven hours! You can just binge watch your show. Satan wants us entertained with, trivi- you know, trivial things. Oh, he wants you. He wants you. Definitely wants you on the race wars. You know, it's, it's all of you white people's fault. The, it's your fault. You white people. Of course, that's what he wants. He wants that's why that's that's the whole thing. He wants you distracted. But I say no devil. God is awakening his bride. Let me repeat it again. Because some of you missed the praise moment. God is awakening his bride. Yes, he is. And this bride is a fighter. One thing I love about my wife, boy, she can fight. Woo. I, you know, you see me all courageous and stuff, but I'm not one for confronting people. I just sent my wife. I'm serious. You see, you're laughing. I'm serious. In church, I don't come from people. I'm the good cop. She's the bad cop. <laughs> Listen, brides can fight. Who goes to high school to fight for the kid? Have you ever seen a dad? Oh, why? Why did you mistreat my son in class? No, the woman goes. The dad doesn't go. Dads don't know how to fight. Women, boy, women, you, you say, what about my son? Are you crazy? The bride of Christ knows how to fight. I said the bride of Christ knows how to fight. She's a warring bride. She's an alive bride. Full of energy. Full of anointing. Full of vision. She's got twenty twenty vision. And the Lord is perfecting her every day, more and more. Look up. You're going to the stars. You're going there. When you get there, remember me. That's the guy that told us about the stars. Come to me, I'll invite you over to my mansion. (laughs) Did you enjoy it tonight? (laughs) Love you, Pastor. Thank you so much for having me tonight. God bless you. Amen. And I, I can't wait to have Pastor and the praise and worship guy over there in my church. You guys are amazing. And I can't wait to hear the worship now.
0: Praise God. Amen.
1: Hallelujah.
0: All right, worship team, come. And while they're coming, I invite you to stand up and, and let's take a moment and, and pray. Lord, we thank You that You are always so good and faithful and that You made victory possible. That You accomplished it. And Lord, we rejoice in that victory tonight. We present ourselves as Your bride and say, Lord, have Your way in us. Thank You, Lord. That you, Your purifying effects would work in us. And that we see clearly as You would have us to see and be effective in the earth, in Your Gospel, in Jesus' name.
3: Hallelujah. Am I there? Pow to Him you will. Either now or later. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Love that. Woo. You're too fast for me.
1: Woo. Oh,
3: Just lift your hands before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Time for us to wake up, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm.
0: that You're good to us, and that You are more than enough for us. And we look to You right now, Lord, and we thank You that we can draw upon anything we need because, Father, You are the source of all good things. If you need healing in your body right now, just lay a hand on yourself. The Word says that you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So if you're needing healing in your body, say, I will recover Be healed in the name of Jesus. Body be restored to full health according to what Jesus did on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are more than enough. Thank you, Father, that you are Jehovah Jireh. How many um, believe that the Lord loves Karen Burroughs? Yeah, you think so? Well, she's not with us tonight because she fell and hurt her knee and she is at home. And so she wanted to be here, but that injury to her knee kept her from coming. So there's no distance in the spirit. Our prayers can reach right over there. And even though we all love Karen and the Lord loves Karen, you know, the Lord provided something for her. And we just lay hold of that in unity with the Lord and we lay claim to it. So, stretch out your hands to the Lord. Father, we lift Karen up to you and I thank you that you bless our sister. I thank you, Father, that you encounter her right now in the name of Jesus with your spirit. Father. Father, I ask you to strengthen her from the inside out. Give her a knowing, even right now, of your divine presence and spirit with her in her coming up within and bubbling over i thank you for this karen's knee i command you in the name of jesus to be healed every ligament every joint every bone every muscle every fiber every cell you obey my words right now and be healed be knit together be whole be in strength in the name of jesus And I thank you, Father. I thank you that you said we are the healed of the Lord. Father, I thank you that you said by his wounds, by the wounds of Jesus, we were healed. And we just lay claim on it, Lord. And we bless you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for divine life flowing in everybody in this room. Father, I thank you that things that would be unexplainable except by God would happen tonight in these bodies. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. How many here have ever received a word from the Lord? Like somebody gave that word to you or maybe somebody delivered a word from the pulpit and said this is for someone and you knew, you knew that you knew that it was for you. Mm -hmm. How many of you have received a word from the Lord? Mm All right, hands all over. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would expect. I would expect nothing less because the Lord loves His children and He speaks to them. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. When we get a rhema word and there's that quickening on the inside... That grabs a hold of that word. Did you know that's available to us more than just when someone stands before you and says, Yay, yeah, yay, yeah, thus saith the Lord? You know, a lot of times we, we would, this, this is kind of like the whole spanking that, where's Shane? Shane was talking about spankings earlier. Here's, here's a mini spanking. We will, we will, we're more blessed when a brother or sister comes to us and quotes a Bible verse in their words saying it's a word of the Lord, we're more blessed by that than we are simply by just laying hold of the Word. You know, if I stood before you and I said, called you by name, and I said, you know, the Lord says that He loves you. The Lord says His eye is upon you. The Lord said that you're the head and not the tail and that, that you matter to Him. The Lord said that He's made a way for you to walk in victory every day, all the time, every way. Man, you'd be, man I'm, so, I'm so encouraged by that. Well, come on, I just quoted a bunch of Bible verses to you. And if we'll lay hold of that, it becomes Rhema on the inside of us, and everything we need for life and godliness has been given to us in His Word. So this week, when you read His Word, don't read it as you've read it in the past, but instead read it as it is the Word of the Lord to me. Mm -hmm. He is speaking to me, and I'm listening. Who can say I'm listening? I'm listening, amen. Hallelujah. That was uh, extra. It won't cost you extra though. Praise (laughs) the Lord.
1: Hallelujah.
0: So the announcement that I wanted to make to... The the announcement's going to come in two parts, okay? Part of it this weekend, part of it next weekend. So it's important that you come back next weekend to hear the full announcement. Mm -hmm. You say, Pastor, are you playing games with us? No, I'm really not. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm being serious. So, for everyone in this house that is serving in one of our service teams, now you may be a team of one. For example, Karen Hostetter, she takes notes on the sermons, puts it into a compact paragraph that we can put onto the website as a sermon description. Mm -hmm. And so that's a team of one. She doesn't really have anyone else on that team, but she's serving in the body, mm-hmm. and she's part of our service teams, we would yes. call it. Right? Just like um, our ushers. That's an easy one, right? Our, our safety team, our worship team, or, or the sound booth, or in children's ministry. All of our teachers, anyone who is helping in children's ministry in that way, you are part of our service teams. All right? So what I'm asking of the service teams... Now, for those of you that need pastor to be nice... Hmm. This is for you. I am requesting, please, your presence next Friday night at 7 p.m. Now, for those of you that just need to be told what to do, service team members, be there because I'm telling you to be there. If at all possible, if it's in your realm of possibility, please be at the meeting Friday night. It is at 7 p.m., and I'm going to get your pens ready. In a moment, I'm going to give you an address. Now, we're not going to have it here because there is a youth gathering here on Friday nights with the Ethiopian youth, so we don't want to mess up that for them. So we're going to have it at a different location at my friend Pastor Joel's church. All right? So you got your pens ready? Now, let me say this first. Your spouses are invited to come with you. If you're serving but your spouse isn't, that's just fine. Bring your spouse with you, please, because they'll want to be there. The address, 2124, so 2124, Old Philadelphia Pike, it's in Lancaster, zip code is 17602. Or, if you're like me and you just like to Google a name, Google Faith Church, it's at that address on Old Philadelphia Pike. So Friday night at 7 p.m., I don't know how long the meeting is going to go, let's just say an hour and a half. There's not going to be child care, so do arrange that. If you are a young teenager or an adolescent that is serving in children's ministry, you are welcome because you are on our serving teams, um, but talk to your moms and dads and it's up to them whether they bring you along or not. So look at your neighbor and say, If you're serving, be there or be square. Next Friday, Friday, March 17th, the address again is 2124, Old Philadelphia Pike, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 17602. This is not going to be an ordinary meeting, and so that is why I am placing such importance and asking you to do everything possible to be there, cancel your other plans. The purpose of this meeting is simply to bring us as a serving team to gather into unity for our next step. And next week, we'll talk about our next step. Is that acceptable? Amen. Can, you, Amen. can we do that? All right. Now, let me say one more thing about serving. Why, do I, why, why is it for the serving team members? Because those that are serving in this body, they're ones that have, by their actions, said, this is my church, mm-hmm. that this is my church. Because if you belong here and you consider yourself to be a member here, then you need to serve. Not maybe, you need to serve. That's how the body of Christ works. And if you say, well, yeah, but um, no, there's plenty of ways to serve that don't require you to do all the roles you're looking at right now, right? There's other ways to serve. I'll give you, I'll give you some examples from our service team team's page. Right? We have children's ministry, so anyone that's involved in that. We have greeters, we have ushers, we have a safety team, we've got a food and fellowship team, we have a bookstore, we have a web page, we've got hospitality and events, we have after service cleaning. There's people that clean up to make so the buildings in order for our brothers and sisters tomorrow that come in, right? So those are all service teams, worship, sound, recording, sermon notes, those that are running the overhead words all the time for us, on and on and on, pastoral care, lots and lots of places to serve the Lord by serving His people, okay? So come out 7 o'clock to Faith Church next Friday night and we're going to take a step forward in faith. In Jesus' name. All right. Stand with me if you would, and I will close in prayer. We're going to put a basket at the door, and we're going to bless Pastor and his wife. And uh, if you would like to be a part of that blessing in a deliberate way, there's going to be a basket at the door that you can do that. Um, But either way, he's going to go home blessed. Amen. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to your word and that you watch over it to accomplish it and we yield to it in this house. Here at Church of the Word, Lord, we honor you as Lord and King of all. And we thank you, Father, that you brought us a rich teaching tonight and we receive it by the Spirit of the Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to remind us of key parts of that sermon and and the parts that you would have us remember and bring them back up into our spirit that we could, like a cow-chew's cud, Lord, just chew on it, meditate on it, and allow it to take root in us that we might be firmly established in all that you want to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, and amen.
3: Good evening, Church of the Word. Hey. Good oh, come on now. Good evening. Yes. None of this weak stuff. Let's get into it. Everybody doing good? Amen. Let's all stand on our feet. It beats standing on your hands because that really hurts when you <laughs> stand on your feet. However. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for all that you have planned for us. It's our desire to submit to your will. To keep our ears open and our hearts open for what you have for us. And God, we want to worship you with all our heart, with all our might, with all our strength, because you're worthy of it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So everybody's doing good? Yeah. It actually felt like winter today, which I'm not that happy about, but maybe you guys are, but I, I was already thinking spring ahead, but oh, uh, tomorrow you do need to change your clocks, right? Yeah. Everybody remember that? Not that we're having a Sunday service, but you still need to change your clocks so you aren't confused later. So everybody say this after me. God. You're a, good God. You're a good God. We love you. Amen. We're going to give you all we have. And we're going to take in all you have for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, shall we worship?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. Amen. Hallelujah.
3: We've got Damon in the house again. Everybody <laughs> happy about that? Happy
1: to be in the house today, man.
3: Always makes me happy, I'm Amen. telling you. It makes
1: me happy too, bro. Hallelujah.
3: The two of us are the Balconi brothers. Amen. That's a whole other story. Whole other story.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll tell it sometime. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, Oops. That isn't right. Ooh, yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah.
0: Isn't the Lord good? Yes, He is. Psalms 50, verse 23 says this. I'm reading it in the uh, literal translation. It says, Whoever offers thanks glorifies me. It's the Lord speaking. Whoever offers thanks glorifies me, and he who prepares a way, I will show the salvation of God to him. As you offer thanks to the Lord you are preparing a way of salvation. You are preparing a way for the Lord to come into your situation and encounter everything that concerns you as you give thanks to him. You know, we sing that song about a praise as a highway to the throne room. Well, it's also a highway for the Lord. It brings him into your situation. And, and we've talked about that stronghold that builds around you. So, I want to encourage you that as we praise, we're not just singing a song because it's the thing we do at this part in the service. No, we are singing to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and it invites his presence right into our midst and for him to make ways where there are no ways. And we're grateful that he is eternal and he is faithful. Father, I thank you for being eternal. For being faithful. Lord, I thank you that you have made ways in the impossible ways, and I bless you for that. Tonight I invite you by your Spirit to minister in our group and amongst us as is pleasing to you, Lord. We give you full reign of this service every part of it from children's church to to the sermon up here lord that by your anointing and spirit you will minister your truth and word and we just we yield to you in all things that you want to accomplish in jesus name and someone say amen amen all right one more thing before we let you go to children's church in the different places is at the end of the service, I have an important announcement to make for you, so don't leave early, stay here for that announcement, and, um, and at the end of worship, I will share it with you. So, in the meantime, one way that we love God is how? I love one so love on each other. Let's send the children down to their classes and the teachers.
4: Well, good evening. It's good to see everyone again tonight. It's a privilege to come together and worship the Lord together. Allow Him to move through us to one another and be an encouragement, isn't it? Well, we'd like to welcome you. If you're here for the very first time to Church of the Word International, can you just raise your hand, and uh, so we can acknowledge you? And raise your hand if you need a if you need an envelope. Happy birthday! It was yesterday, but I know no one knows how much you do for the church. You just do so much. You have family, four children, a husband. That's a handful as it is. But everything you do for us, we certainly appreciate it. So happy birthday. Thank you. I'll let you hold this for me. Thank you. You guys are above and beyond kind. I honestly believe there could not be a better congregation to serve the Lord alongside with. So thank you so much. You are the best. What were we doing? (laughs) We were welcoming the first-time guests, so let's welcome them again. So there were a number of you. Okay. All right, well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord. So if you need need an envelope for your cash giving, I promise, I will get it right. I will get it right, because I don't want you to think we're handing out envelopes full of cash. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take a cash envelope. It was brought to my attention that I might want to reword that. So I've been trying pretty hard, and I usually catch myself two words in. (laughs) So anyways, well, we're here to honor the Lord, amen, and that's what we're doing. When we bring a tithe to the Lord, when we bring a free will offering, that's what we're doing, we're we're honoring him. If you want, you can turn to 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Chronicles, chapter 29. You know, the more you esteem someone or something as valuable, the more willing you are to give up something of value for it or for them. You follow you know, that might be your money it might be something you own that might be your way right if I value some something or someone I might give up my way it might be your time it might be your words but whatever we view or esteem is as, as valuable I'm willing to part with something of value for it. If I value a pair of shoes because it makes me feel like I'm floating on air wearing them, I might pay double value, double honor. You know what I mean? Great value or great honor becomes worship. The more honor and, and value, esteem I put on a thing or a person, that becomes worship. The Lord is the only one worthy of our worship. He's the only one worthy of top honor greatest honor and so I want to grow in honor and esteem for the Lord and his things how about you that's my heart and you might say well I do have a heart of honor I believe I do but I believe God can expand my heart's capacity to love him and honor him I can keep growing in that and in um, Chronicles first Chronicles chapter 29 I want to start reading in chap in verse 10 we read the prior verses last week about how they were um, David's passing the baton to his son Solomon to s- install him as king and how he had gathered the people and they brought all these free will offerings, not under compulsion, just their valuables, what they had what it came right out of their heart, and they were just overjoyed to do it and these words that David prays to the Lord so this is done um, they've given these gifts and they're rejoicing, and now he's going to pray he's praising the Lord and it just is such There's such honor in these words you can just grasp the spirit of it as I read David praised the Lord in in the presence of the whole assembly saying praise be be to you Lord the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting yours Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. There is none besides him. He is over all. None surpass him. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks. And we praise your glorious name. See, he's honoring the Lord with his words. But, you know, he had just honored him with his stuff. Verse 14 says, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Do you hear that? They are counting it a privilege to give to the Lord. They are saying we are honored to be able to have been enabled to give to the Lord like this. It's a privilege to bring the Lord a free will offering. You know, he has prospered us. He has increased us. Anything good that's in your hand, it came from him. Right? Any seeds I have for sowing, it came from him. But you know, as as I was thinking about this, I, I thought of it like this. You know, when he gives it to us, He's now entrusted it to us. He gave it. You know, if I give my daughter a pack of gum, it's hers. In my heart, Ariel, I give you this pack of gum. It's yours. It's not mine. I gave it. Now, it's, she needs to understand where that came from. It came from me. All things come from him. But I gave it to her. It's hers to steward. But now if she takes that pack of gum and she says, Mom, I want you to know whenever you need something, Whenever you want something, all you have to do is just just touch me right here in the heart. You know, just tap me on the shoulder. This gum's yours. I, it's right here. You just have to move on me, and I give it to you. But see, in my heart, I've given it to her. But yet, what does that do if she honors me in that way, saying, all that I have is for you. You just let me know, right? But, it's, but I've given it. Did, am I making sense of what I was seeing? I'm so grateful for everything that he's done for me, everything he's put in my hand. It's not about um, the amount. It's about what he's entrusted to me. It's what I have available to me. And he's been very good to us. So we're going to take a hold of our offering or tithe and pray over that, present that to the Lord. Father, we're so grateful for you, We're so grateful for your kindness to us, that you have enabled us in this way, that you have... We know that everything that we have comes from you. Every good thing has come from you. And so we acknowledge you as, as provider, as sustainer and the strength of our life. We're looking to you for all things, for all of our needs to be met. We're looking to you for every good thing. And, Lord, I just thank you that you bless these tithers, you bless these people as they honor you in Jesus' name. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give to the Lord. Tomorrow night is the Youth youth and Young Adult Gathering at the Rock Home, and we're going to be celebrating Carson's 16th birthday. So we're really looking forward to that, and he is as well. By the way, just I'll bring some attention to that. You still can sign up. Um, I'm not sure where we're at in the schedule, what months are available, but it's open for the whole church, anyone that would like to host the youth um we're doing it monthly so pick a month ask if that's available and get to know our youth so we also have youth and young adults mystery supper coming up march 24th and the ladies breakfast the sign up sheet is in the back it's march 25th on a saturday morning Um, if you are coming please put your name down because we set the table for every name all right pastor you have some things to share
0: wanted to give you an update on last week when we went down to Richmond on Sunday. And the next time we go down will be a week from tomorrow. So you can be keeping that in prayer. And we had an amazing meeting. The Spirit of the Lord just showed up in a powerful way. And there was different gifts of the Spirit in operation. And people were so blessed. We had different ones. I, I got some emails of people saying, you know, I, I the Lord spoke to me. This is the place I'm supposed to be hooked into. And so it was just exciting to see what the Lord was doing in the people and, and what was happening. And we have um you know, sometimes when you when you start something, you spend some time plowing. You have to break up the ground, you then you gotta work the soil, and then you plant the seeds, and there is time involved. And and if we're like Scripture says, when the harvester overtakes the planter, that's when things just get wild and exciting, right? So let's believe God for that. That the, the seasons of planting to reaping will be compressed, will be short. That we will see increase in souls coming into the kingdom and people grabbing that vision and stepping out into that. I know a number of you have been sowing into the work down there, and I just want you to to know that that seed you're sowing is going into good ground. Um, This week, I agreed for a several-month contract down there for a meeting facility, one that will easily fit our group. In fact, we could all fit in there. So all of you are invited to come down and to see us at one of those services, to be a part of it. Last week, Alex showed up. Alex, waved at everyone. He made the drive all the way down there by himself and showed up, came into the service and then afterwards was a huge blessing to us and cleaned things up and was just so helpful. I was like, awesome. I was telling, I was telling him before the service, we decided he's all right. So... That is uh, your update on what the Lord is doing there. How many know that we want to keep our faith on for Him to do something here? And if you and I want to encounter all that God has for you and I, it requires something of us, right? We can't just, this is not a restaurant where you just come in and are fed and then go on your way and, and tip the people and that's not what this is, Right? We come in and we draw near to the Lord. And when we do that, He draws near to us. And I encourage you to look to the Lord to be your teacher, your, the revelator for you. And as He reveals things to you, and as you're willing to yield to the things that He shows you and step into those things, you're going to see like cracking a door open. It'll just expand and it'll grow. And there is a well of revelation and a a source of supply in that crack of the door if you'll just press into it and say Lord here am I use me send me whatever however pleases you Lord and um, I'm confident I'm in a house full of those people are you ready to receive from the Lord all right just priming the pump a little bit making sure